One second left. Kevin Porter with a bomb. <laughs> You're really the number one draft pick, Grimace. What's up, Hoops and Cards fam? This is Gary, your host. Welcome back to an episode of Basketball Cards 101. Today, the NBA preseason just <laughs> didn't waste any time getting going. There are nine preseason games today, and uh, it really is the beginning of tracking players' performances, victories, and then looking ahead to what this NBA season from October, apparently, through next June I believe. And uh, it's a marathon, you guys. It's not a sprint. Although some of you are in it for the short-term flips. Others of us, or at least other cards at times, are in it for long-term profit and long-term enjoyment in your personal collections. So for today, Basketball Cards 101, helping you with the basics of the NBA season and the realities about the card market at different moments, different months, different games and highlights of the season. I'm excited to break this down and and even uh, adventure through the next 11 months with you in the NBA. So Basketball Cards 101, your game plan, your schedule for making money or increasing your PC over the next 12 months. Let's get after it. So maybe I'm trying too hard, but uh, Basketball Cards 101, people, I I think it will help us to have something that's easy to remember. This season, let's talk about getting Mo. Mo. Not Mo Bamba, not Mo Williams, definitely not Mo Harkless. I'm talking about three Mo's to help you think through this season and plan your calendar. Number one would be the moments. Big moments that happened throughout the year. It could be something big like Kawhi Leonard returning from injury. It could be something bad like Zion Williamson getting injured and sitting out the year. Could be a massive trade involving Ben Simmons going to your favorite team. Not mine. He ain't coming to mine. Could be a big trade or a big uh, free agency move. Could be a moment where Luka Doncic goes off for 50 points, 20 assists, and 20 rebounds in a game, and it's like an all-time incredible, you know, one of the best games of all time. Moments. We need to think ahead, think through some of the moments that will happen this season. I guarantee you, some guys will have their career best games. Some guys will get injured. Some guys will get traded. And some guys will have bad moments and get suspended or not get vaccinated or all the different things that we would look back and say that was that was in the news that was a headline that's a moment right that moment when your team decides to go in a different direction and they bench that superstar that you've been counting on or that that rookie that you went all in and invested in he gets passed up by some fourth year player they signed off the waiver wire like There will be moments that make or break uh, the season for certain players and they'll impact the card market in a big way. So that's Mo number one, the moments. The second Mo 
and this is sort of like hijacking the way you pronounce the word, would be months. Months. Mo technically begins the word month. And when I think about months, I would think, hey, October and November, everything's new. These teams have new rosters. It's a new season. You can start over and maybe some new roles. Guys have added a couple of new moves. And everything feels new. And there's a certain excitement there in October and November. December, teams start to settle in. But that that month of December includes a big moment for the NBA, which is Christmas Day. Five prime matchups on Christmas Day. And then January, next month, Mo Month, would be the beginning of weekend games on national or global TV. Big games of the week on Saturday and on Sunday on enormous networks like ABC and ESPN. January. And then February, the big month for the All-Star break. The All-Star game in Cleveland, baby! C-Town gets to host it. I would love to go. We'll see if that pans out. I don't know if Hoops and Cards will get a media pass to that, but that's that's on my bucket list, you guys, to go to the All-Star game uh, and just hang out with Darius and Karis LeVert and Chris Middleton and Pascal Siakam and Colin Sexton, all the guys that I hope somehow make the All-Star team this year, you know, to get to meet Jaron Jackson in person as he starts his first All-Star game. That would be a lot of fun. Just me and Shea Gilgis-Alexander and LeBron James hanging out uh, afterwards at uh, Harry Buffalo's having a big buffalo burger because that's how we roll. But I'd rather go to Mabel's and have uh, brisket. Man, I'm getting hungry now. Mabel's is like the best barbecue joint I've ever ever been to in my life. Downtown Cleveland on uh, 4th Street. February is All-Star Month. Dunk contest, three-point, skills competition, all those things. It's also a time when you realize, hey, some guys uh, have arrived and they are All-Stars now. Some guys are going to feel burned or snubbed or like they didn't make it, and they're going to play with a passion for the next, you know, the the following two months, which would be March and April. And in March and April, I think for half the league, that's a playoff push, and there will be some big games. And there will also be some guys that sit out because of this thing called load management, you know, and they're resting their bodies. Poor little NBA baby players got to rest their bodies for, I'm just kidding. I don't blame them, actually. You want to be at your, your best when it comes to May and June. You want to be at your best in those big games and those physical series of the playoffs. So I understand it. I'm not mocking it. I'm not knocking it. I, I would just say March and April, for the teams that are heading to the playoffs, those guys, they tend to see their, their values and their cards uh, rise a bit. And the guys that aren't heading for the playoffs, well, not so much. And then the other months... May, June, hey, that's playoffs. We'll talk about the whole NBA calendar, but the second Mo is months. And the third Mo is momentum. Momentum. And that's not something you can point to and say, hey, there's the date that happened. Okay, there's the date that this trade was made, or there's the date this guy scored 60 points, or the date that the All-Star game is. No, this is more like a gradual thing where a player over the course of a month or two or three proves that, hey, uh, he's worth investing in or worth collecting, or maybe not. It's sort of the momentum whereby a team, oh, I just love using words like whereby, it makes me feel all educated. whereby a team performeth, (laughs) 
performs at a higher level gradually, and then you start to realize, oh, Memphis is a solid playoff team now. Oh, Miami's not a solid playoff team now. They, they, they thought by putting a bunch of old guards together, they could, they could climb up the standings, and it just didn't happen. Oh, the Cavaliers are hitting their peak earlier than we thought. There's a momentum thing happening where at some point you realize Julius Randle's an MVP candidate. He hadn't been before last year. Or you realize that guy Chris Middleton, he's not nothing. Or that guy Giannis or the Joker. By the way, I don't understand why we call him the Joker. It should be the Joker. Maybe that's what you already called him. I'm just saying that sometimes we we here in America don't say our names right. It should be the Joker. Nikola Jokic, baby. You just realized that that even though he may not have bet, had a lot of headlines, by by January, he'll be an MVP candidate all over again. So will Giannis. So will Joel Embiid. By the way, it is Joel, not Yoel. That'd be pretty cool, though. If he announced, like, I don't know if that'd be a big moment or not, where, where he announces that he's changing his name officially to Yoel Embiid. It's worth, worth discussing if you're Philadelphia, because... You know, it hasn't worked before as Joel. They haven't haven't gotten to the finals yet, so maybe they they ditch Ben Simmons and he changes the way to pronounce his name, and boom, that's momentum. It's a different thing you pay attention to gradually over the course of the season, and and momentum where in the first month or two months, you know, you could see a guy like Sadiq Bay or Emmanuel quickly. He's he's solidifying himself as the second or third option on offense. He's approaching twenty points a game. Or he's not, right? Either either Jonathan Isaac is going to be healthy and and make an impact in the NBA, or he's not. Marvin Bagley, we're talking to you. Bags, Gary Trent, what are you? Are you a player worth collecting, or are you just another guy? I I don't mean to insult any of these players. I'm just saying you observe, we observe the momentum over the course of a couple months. Momentum can change, right? But you do realize that when, hey, a guy over, over the, the string of four to six weeks has, has been trending up, that is likely to continue. That's likely an indicator of what he's capable of for a full season, especially some of these young players. Like Jordan Poole has a nice opportunity with Clay Thompson out. I guess Wiggy, Andrew Wiggy, Wiggity Whack got his viggity viggity vaccine i just i just did that oh my gosh i don't know why you still listen to me after that stuff hey jordan Poole could have some momentum november and december that could have the warriors saying you know what um when clay returns maybe jordan still plays 30 minutes a game and we just figure it out you know who doesn't need a another guy that can just fill up the the stat sheet like jordan Poole's about to do i hope that happens with a bunch of other players that that there's a momentum thing that they even carry on from last season into this season. I, I mentioned Julius Randle and Chris Middleton. Yeah, yeah, the momentum for DeAndre Ayton. It looks good. And Darius Garland, it looks good. But will they continue into this next season? That's what you watch for trends. So the three Mo's would be what? Moments, months, momentum. We'll break down this upcoming season here in a moment. But I just want you to meet my friend Mo, not Harkless. Hey everybody, before we uh, get into this episode of Basketball Cards 101, I want to invite you to a unique opportunity. 
Hoops and Cards has been around for more than six months now, and we've launched a new bonus platform called Hoops Plus. This is for those of you that like, you would love to listen to this podcast every day and you're like, can I just get more ideas, more card knowledge, more NBA stuff? Like I just want to listen and and take it all in. Well, Hoops Plus is like our subscriber platform for those of us that would like one more episode a week, at least you'd like to be a part of a growing community that can interact on a Facebook group or Discord. We're putting together a, a community forum for us to interact and the chance to win prizes and basketball cards on a regular basis. So Hoops Plus, if you are interested in subscribing or if you want to support this show as we we just take this thing to the next level, here's how to do it. To join Hoops Plus, I'll put the link in our show notes for today and also in our summary of our show. But there's a link that says HTTPS anchor.fm hoops and cards forward slash subscribe. This is a place where I will put limited edition or extra episodes out on a weekly basis and extra content for you and a place for us to connect as a community. If you want to take that next step and support what we're doing as a podcast, great. All the other stuff will remain to be free. Love to have you as a part of the hoops and cards community at whatever level. This is just an invite. Here we are. Just get this Get in on the ground floor and join Hoops Plus. So you can go there, check the show notes for the link today and subscribe. And thank you. We'd love to have you as part of Hoops Plus. Yeah, ma'am. They are. Preseason in full effect. It's one of those moments of those mows for this season, you guys. What moments do you think we should plan for? Basketball card buying and selling throughout the season. I want to talk about a couple of those as I eat a graham cracker. You guys have graham crackers in Australia? Oh, man, they're so good. Uh, S'mores. But anyway, I yeah, moments to watch out for this season. And I guess any season. Let's talk about how to play the news. I've heard it said before, buy the rumor, sell the news, or buy the hype, sell the news. So you could be buying Ben Simmons right now and listing those cards for a little bit more than you paid. And then when the news breaks that he gets traded to Denver, Minnesota, Cleveland, wherever he goes... Some of those fans are going to want to jump in and buy Ben Simmons cards because he's now their guy. And uh, there's a chance to make profit on the news. A lot of people do that. When it comes to big trades, big news, often there is a run. In fact, if you would just test this out with me, you know, when there's a trade or a big announcement, wait a few hours and then go on eBay and check sold items. And see how many sold in the you know in the past six to twelve hours. There are a lot of impulse buyers. I've been guilty of that, but a lot of people just want to be the first to get that card of the new player or capitalize on the news. And too often, I've been like the last person to buy on that news when the prices have already run up, and uh, that's not good. One of my things, I guess, will be unless it's a player that I've already scouted and I'm following. The news isn't going to phase me. I'm not going to be like, I have to buy this card or I have to sell this card. 
Just be aware of the tendencies in the market around the big news release. And one of those breaking news or one of those issues that I would say maybe it's a moment, maybe it's an extended part of a guy's season is injury news. A guy gets injured. We have the benefit, I guess, of knowing that some guys enter the season and they're already hurt. You are not going to uh, have a lot of gain or profit in those players' cards because they're not doing anything. Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard, you know, there's a lot of players that we already have the, we know where they're at. We know what their their, uh, injury status is. And so like with some of them, Again, guys that you've researched or guys that you are interested in right now could be a great buying opportunity for you with Jamal Murray or with Kawhi Leonard. Think about the players that Clay Thompson, when they return, that will be the news (laughs) that their values might go up a bit on. But for now, if Jamal Murray, let's take him as an example. If Jamal is out until, say, January or early February, well, if you buy some now while he's down and not doing anything, but the Nuggets still make a playoff push because they're still loaded. And then when he returns, there's some good news. When he plays well, which he will, they will wait to bring him back when he can make an impact. Same with Kawhi. When these guys come back, that will be a bump in their news. And then when they make it to the playoffs, I would anticipate their values going up. So the injuries... I would say this, um, injuries, sadly, are a possibility for any player in the NBA, obviously. Could be COVID, could be a torn ACL. It could be a frequent injuries like Jonathan Isaac. And I wonder what's this guy's future with Kyrie Irving. You know, that's one of the reasons I've stayed away from him as an investment opportunity. Oh, the other reason is I don't like him. Um, But I, I sat here the other day looking at my wall of Darius Garland cards. And I thought, you know what? That dude could get injured tomorrow or tonight. They play another preseason game. A guy that I've been all in on could get hurt. And so this takes us back, like no matter what the moments are this season, trades, injuries, uh, return to the court for a player that has been hurt. Breaking news about a a holdout, you know, Ben Simmons ends his holdout and he comes back or a change in lineup structure. Like there, there's a variety of ways we could look at the news or the moments of the year. But guys, I really don't go heavily investing in players that I don't believe in long term. Some of you guys ask me questions about random guys that, um, you know, they may be good, they may be worth investing in, but I just haven't been following them and I wouldn't plan to long-term. Even my short-term flips. When I short-term flip a card, it's usually a card of a player that I already know and trust and believe in long-term so that if I get stuck with that card for a while, I'm okay. I'm okay holding on to LeBron James cards as long as I need. Luka Doncic, Trey Young, John Morant. They're guys that I just believe in Beyond this year, so if so, and Darius is one of them. If Darius Garland gets hurt this season and he's gone all year, okay, I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm sad, but I'm okay with that. And I'm thinking, uh huh, there's a buying opportunity, you know, during that season of injury. And one of the one of the things I've been curious about, and you know this, is the return of Jaron Jackson Jr., a guy that was injured for most of last season. 
And look at last night, the first preseason game with Memphis. Jaron started at power forward next to Steven Adams. Jaron started out the game. He was like 0 for 6. He was horrible offensively. And then the second half, he played a lot better. He had four blocks. He had ended up with seven or eight points. But, but, but like I had, to, I had to wrestle with, I bought some Jarens a year ago. Am I holding on to them? Well, yeah, because he's young and he has all the potential in the world. But I would just ask you, what moments are you planning for and how will you respond to them? There are moments in this NBA season, injuries, trades, all that stuff. Breaking news. Another moment that you know you need to learn how to respond to would be a guy has a huge breakout performance. Like if in the first game of the season, Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Jordan Poole have 30 points, number one, I won't be surprised at all. Number two, if they do, guess whose card values, guess who's going to sell a bunch that first week? Those dudes. They're going to be on Sports Center. They're going to be top 10 highlights. It's going to be like Jordan Poole had 30 and Steph had 28. Wow, look at Jordan Poole. Maybe he's not just a stopgap for when Clay comes back. Maybe he's trade collateral and they're showcasing him to deal him and someone for Ben Simmons. I wouldn't blame him. But my point is, you need to be prepared for big performances. You need to, if you want, again, I'm saying if you want to follow the trends, the ebb and flow of a season, the big moments, a guy goes off and people are buying cards that are listed right then. So you may anticipate like, like if I wanted to sell some of my Nikhil Alexander Walkers or my Kevin Porter Juniors, if I, if those were short-term flips for me, I would list them at auctions that end during the game that I think they'll break out on or during the second game of the season when they've got some, you know, some of their nerves out from under them and they're just going to have a great game potentially. Um, During that game, you'll see bids rise and rise and you'll be like, man, I'm so glad I sold then. I think there's more excitement buying during the first week or two of the season. And so I might want to be a seller as those values and the hype, right? That's a moment. Beginning of the season, big performances, I, I think it's good to know what happens during those moments. To understand if it's a card I already own, I'm in it for the long term and the moments won't phase me. They might, impre- they might be impressive. Like I'd rather have my guys go off for 30 points than break their, you know, fracture their knee or something. But <laughs> said that because I did it once in a former life. But be prepared for, and especially if you are into flipping or short-term buying and selling, know when is a good time to sell and when isn't. So I'd say it's a good time to sell at the beginning of the season. We, we go straight from uh, buying season into maybe the first week before the season and the first week of the season. These could be good selling moments, but be careful how you sell and try to time it according to those moments. Moments are the first mo. The other two mo's, let's, let's get after those here in a sec. Magic bird, magic bird. All right, so the other two mo's we're talking about, momentum and months. Momentum, I would say, to be watching as a player performs over the course of 10 games, 
So what I do to, to find momentum is I go to DougStats.com. I don't even know who Doug is or what this site's about. I just found it a few years ago doing fantasy basketball, and it shows me the last 10 games stats. That's how I can tell momentum in a player's game. Now, momentum in the card market is a little different. I mean, you can look at card ladder. You can look at market movers on Sports Card Investor. You can look at Slab Stocks Pro and uh, even the, the Star Stock Emerging 30 Index. I, I think all of those, any of those, is a good way to look at momentum in a card. But because I'm an NBA fan, I think about, I would rather learn about a player's momentum before the card market does, right? Because a, a player like last season, actually two years ago, was Julius Randle and DeMantis Sabonis. These guys were averaging between 20 and 25 points. 10 rebounds. They were averaging that way before the card market took notice. Guys like Karis Levert, Chris Middleton, there are some players that were just balling out and playing just great basketball. And then six months later or nine months later, I'd hear about them on somebody's sports card podcast or I'd see them on the rise in a card market and this is the player to watch. Ooh, you know, and... uh Shea Gilgis Alexander. Well, these guys were already playing well for months. So you can get in on that kind of information, not just by following the box scores or watching NBA games, but I think it's, it's, that's time consuming. And if you don't enjoy doing it, I get it. Maybe you just want to follow your favorite team. I'm, I'm right there with you. But you can follow momentum on some of these other sites, especially the momentum of young players that are rookies in the last year or two or three that are getting more playing time, they're getting more shots, and they're scoring more points. There are young players. The reason, guys, I'm so crazy about Darius Garland is because of the momentum, because of what I saw in him over the course of February, March, and April. And I said, this guy, and the Cavs said this, and the NBA has said this. That's why he's a breakout candidate. Same for Jaron Jackson Jr. There are players that, boy, their momentum, they were trending up. You could say this about certain teams because I think when you have a player that's trending up and he's on a playoff team, that's where I would say, okay, the the likelihood of his cards increasing or people chasing them, like that that just doubles or triples. I don't really know the exact multiplier, but if you got a trending up player and a trending up playoff team, playoffs, I mean I th- I think some of those players are still undervalued and that's already happened to them. Julius Randle is not a flash in the pan. I think Zach Levine, his values have already trended up a little bit, but Olympian, I think the Bulls make the playoffs this year. And he is a superstar. He's a superstar. He's already won two dunk contests, but he will take his name to the next level over the course of the year. The question would be, on one hand, how do you follow momentum? And get out in front of it when, when you see the player emerging and growing and playing so well. And then the other part would be, well, can I predict the momentum? Are there indicators, like all systems are go, for this guy to have a great season in that new environment or that new role? Or the way his team is going to rely on him and he's going to step up? Who, who are those guys for you? Who is that player? That it's just the perfect storm. Some of you might see that in Terrence Mann. Because Kawhi's out and somebody's got to step up and be the, right? And some of you might try to see it in other guys. And I'm like, I don't know where 
Tyrese Halliburton's going to get the minutes and the shots. I don't know where Davion Mitchell is going to get the shots. I like Keldon Johnson, but I don't know that anybody's going to break out in Greg Popovich's system. So can you look at the game and say, I think this guy's momentum, this could be a thing. This could be a great opportunity for him this season. Taylor Horton Tucker, you know, Miles Bridges. Who are those players for you? The Atlanta Hawks, I'm curious if DeAndre Hunter comes back full strength and he's able to be an all-around player like he was the first half of last season. You're going to see DeAndre Hunters go back up. I think you're going to see Rui Hachimura fade into anonymity, not doing much. I don't know where RJ Barrett's shots are going to come from this year. I'm curious about that. On the other hand, there are these players that they're going to have, they, they could have great seasons on bad teams. And so they might not be a great long-term investment yet. You don't know about Sadiq Bey. I like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but can I say his team's going to make the playoffs? No. I like Zion, but can I say New Orleans is going to be a playoff team? No. That's why I've got like one Zion card. <laughs> I, I wish I could buy, I like him as a player, but I'm like, ah. Whereas Ja Morant, Trey Young, these are playoff guys. Like Luka Doncic is, is a deep playoff run this year. So think about momentum of a player's performance, watching young players, watching current stars, maybe increase on what they can do, DeAndre Ayton, and say, is that guy's momentum going to take off as his team's momentum does? Watch for those two. And then finally, months. Guys, we've talked a little bit about months. I'm just saying know the calendar. The NBA months, October, November season starts up. People are still thinking about football, but it's the debut of certain rookies and the return of guys we've wondered about. How much of a jump will guys like LaMelo and Anthony Edwards take in their second year? But months, December could be big with Christmas. And I think about December too is a lot of people have money to spend that they got from Christmas or that they just want to treat themselves and do something nice. Some of them got an end-of-year bonus at work, so there's extra money to spend, and people will, and they do, invest it in cards. So I think we see some form of a spending spree in late December and early January with the, the returns, the bonuses, the Christmas gifts, the hobby purchases. And if you want to be in on making money there, I think that's when you start to list some of your players and cards that you want to sell, not hold long-term, and that you want to, to perhaps capitalize on where their team is at in mid-December. And maybe some of those big games on Christmas Day, like know that calendar. Know who the Lakers play on Christmas Day. I think that kind of stuff's important if you're going to follow the calendar. And then January, mm, it's not going to be like last January, guys, because last January was the start of the NBA season. This is going to be like the forgotten month of the NBA season. I don't foresee a lot of the market going up in January, just just the afterglow of Christmas. February is interesting with the All-Star game, but again, I can't promise or say that I anticipate the whole market going up in February and March. In fact, I could see, yeah, you know, depending on when the new products release. That's another thing to consider when you're looking at the card market and the calendar. Like, for example, in a few weeks, November 3rd, Mosaic releases. I'm pumped about Mosaic. I like Mosaic. They look great. 
November 3rd, Mosaic releases, and it'll be your first chance to get LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, those guys in Isaac Okoro, those guys in their rookie cards. But at some point during this season, maybe before Christmas, you're going to start to see the new season of cards. The Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, that whole rookie class. I think when those releases start to come out, uh, that's, that's a whole nother play. In fact, I've got a basketball cards uh, weekend episode coming up <laughs> this weekend about the brands, the cards to chase over the next year. So I don't want to steal that thunder. All I know is those should be on your calendar as reminders, as part of the months that we watch. I think for superstars that you're interested, we've already said May and June, those could be the money months when guys just take that next step to stardom or superstardom or to win their first title like Giannis did, like Donovan Mitchell will this year. I mean, he'll lose to LeBron in the West, but whatever. My point is the playoffs, be ready Maybe you, you're buying playoff heroes in January or late March or even tomorrow, and you sell them in late May and early June. You sell them when they're just driving their teams to the finals. You sell on those big game performances, right? And what those do to that, that player's legacy. Check out what the playoff market will do to your cards. Look at the past year on Card Ladder or Slab Stocks Pro and see the bumps. Even though the spring won't do it again, like last year's spring and, and January, those were crazy up months. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think we need to know what a normal month looks like and uh, anticipate it accordingly as buyers and sellers in the hobby. Well, peeps, that's a wrap on this episode of Hoops and Cards. Basketball Cards 101, the three mo's of your calendar. Moments, momentum, and months. I'd say plan ahead. Don't let just the emotions of a, of a moment, the boredom of a month, right? Or the momentum of one good player. Don't let that hijack your goals and your focus as a collector or as an investor. So plan ahead. If you need to listen to this episode a couple more times to, to get it and think that through, actually, I might. I need to remind myself of some of this stuff, guys. Uh, I am Gary, your host. Grateful that you're listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Please share it with your friends and talk about it at the card shows. Play it in the background as you're sorting out your cards. And uh, yeah, let's spread the word. The NBA season is coming. Hoops and cards, we want to be a big, big part of that for you and for the hobby. And, uh, and yeah, I, I guess my buying season has wrapped up my, uh, my inbox, my mailbox every day is like, it's like Darius Garland's birthday party going on over here. So I'm trying to get just about every color and parallel and, and version of his cards without, uh, without being too crazy. You know, I don't want too much of my money tied up in the DG world, but, uh, the DG is, uh, Darius Garland. All right, everybody have an awesome week. See you soon. Hey guys, I forgot to tell you that last night Jordan Poole had 30 points in a preseason game where he started alongside Steph Curry. I also didn't want to tell you about Kevin Porter Jr.'s 25-point night. You can forget that that ever happened because I'm busy buying his cards too. Okay, that's all. 
Preseason games don't matter anyway. Hold on to your butts.